Hey folks, Daryl for School of Thought. Hey, it's great to be back on the pod so soon after our JFK speech. Today we're going to be talking about pep talks, and we're going to be using what I like to consider uh, some of the greatest pep talks ever by one of history's most consequential men. His name is Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. You may not know him, but he was Emperor of the French during the 19th century's opening years. Uh, the man controlled a whole lot of Europe, and I think, in my humble opinion, I'm of the school of thought that he did it because the guy knew how to give a pep talk. And you know, the pep talk is so important. It's truly important, you see, because in this series, we're going to hear a lot, a lot of speeches, a heck of a lot of speeches. And these are speeches about politics. These are speeches about the nation. But most normal people aren't going to be giving giant speeches about national unity and foreign policy, war and peace, and all those kinds of things. But the kind of speech that everyone will probably do at least once in this lifetime is give a pep talk. Yeah, that's right. Everyone in their lifetime gives a pep talk. And what is the definition of a pep talk? Well, pep talk is a talk intended to make someone feel more courageous or enthusiastic. Yeah, that's right, folks. It's all about making people feel better about themselves as they prepare to move on to something, as they're about to take on a task. And so I'm just going to read to you two of Napoleon Bonaparte's pep talks to his Grand Armée. Uh, that's the Great Army, one of the honestly singular best armies that uh, the world has ever constructed uh, during the War of the Third Coalition um, in 1805. Um, this war was primarily fought in southern and western Germany um, after the breakdown of the Treaty of Amiens, as well as the breakdown of relations uh, between France and Russia, and France and Austria, and uh, even after a while, uh, France and Prussia. But uh, the Prussians uh, enter the story a little later in this War of the Third Coalition, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, there's a lot of great podcasts and books that talk about the War of the Third Coalition and Napoleon in general. My favorite is uh, the, the Age of Napoleon. It's a, I think it's a great podcast, but enough with that rambling. Let's, let's read some of Napoleon's pep talks. <laughs> Our first pep talk is the proclamation Napoleon gave to the Grande Armée at the commencement of the War of the Third Coalition in September of 1805. And I quote, Soldiers, the War of the Third Coalition is commenced. The Austrian army has passed the end, violated treaties, 
attacked and driven our ally from his capital. You yourselves have been obligated to hasten by forced marches to the defense of our frontiers. But you have now passed the Rhine, and we will not stop till we have secured the independence of the Germanic body, succored our allies, and humbled the pride of our unjust assailants. We will not again make peace without a sufficient guarantee. Our generosity shall not again wrong our policy. Soldiers, your emperor is among you. You are but the advance guard of the great people. If it is necessary, they will rise at my call to confound and dissolve this new league, which has been created by the malice and gold of England. But soldiers, we shall force marches to make provisions of every kind to endure. Still, whatever obstacle may oppose to us, we will conquer them, and we will never rest until we have planted our eagles on the territory of our enemies. End quote. What a pep talk. What a pep talk. And you know, let's break down, because according to business leaders and according to the Harvard Business Review, which I think it's a very, very great tool to use when learning about leadership and all that kind of stuff, there's three key pillars that make a great pep talk. That's right, folks. Only three. First, you need in your pep talk uncertainty-reducing language. This is basically explaining the objectives of the mission, what needs to be done, how it is going to be done, how we will measure the results of completed objectives. The second key thing to a good pep talk is empathetic language. They need empathy. Whenever you're speaking, when you're giving a pep talk, you also have to come down to the level of the people that you are talking to. And too often, that is something that leaders, whether they are CEOs or someone who's just leading a group project in a high school classroom, don't understand. And I myself have also struggled with it. But you also have to work on everyone else's level. Bring yourself down just for two to three minutes for this pep talk. Then the final component of the good pep talk is a meaning-making language. And the long and short of it, because you know I'm just throwing business jargon at you, is it's the why the heck am I doing this objective? What am I going to gain from the completion of this mission? What results can we expect? And Napoleon, in his address, this address on the commencement of the War of the Third Coalition, makes all three components of the pep talk clear. He's made very clear that the mission 
is to stop the Austrian army and all other allies of Austria that have been backed by the malice and gold of England. He's explained to the Grand Armée that right now one of their allies has been invaded and they are obliged to defend them. But next, Napoleon also shows empathy to the Grand Armée because, you know, believe it or not, Napoleon too was also a soldier in the ranks. He empathizes with the situation of those in the Grand Armée. He acknowledges, and I quote, you yourselves have been obliged to hasten by forced marches to the defense of our frontiers. End quote. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. Before the start of the War of the Third Coalition, at least this campaign in southern and western Germany, the Grand Armée was actually preparing to invade England. And so they had set up camps on the Atlantic coast of France. So, for simplicity's sake, imagine a square. And imagine the Grande Armée is in the top left-hand corner. Now, to get to southern and western Germany, they basically had to go to the bottom right corner. They had to travel the country all through France, get to the places they had to be. And they did it, if I remember correctly, in less than one month. That is hundreds and hundreds of miles. And this isn't like they had planes back then. Heck, the, the steam train was just coming into mainstream infrastructure use. They had to march all the way from the Atlantic coast to the Rhine River. A lot of miles, a lot of miles. And so Napoleon empathized with them. And he also empathized with the fact that I'm sure he thought that the soldiers thought that they were frustrated, that they had fought not just the war of the first coalition, then they had to fight the war of the second coalition, and now they're fighting a war of the third coalition. I'm sure these soldiers wanted the war to be over, and so Napoleon made clear, and I quote, we will not again make peace without a sufficient guarantee. Our generosity shall not again wrong our policy. End quote. He said that he's going to make sure their sacrifice isn't for nothing. Your sacrifice isn't for nothing. And that's, again, it's a mixture of empathizing. It's also reducing the uncertainty, defining the mission of what they're going to be doing in this campaign. And the third and final component of the good pep talk, meaning-making language, or what I like to call the why the heck, or as some English teachers in high school and even university would say, the so what? Well, the so what, again, 
It's also simple. Why are we here? What are we doing? It's simple. And I quote, Napoleon said, we will conquer them and we will never rest until we have planted our eagles on the territory of our enemies. Napoleon said, the reason we are here, it's to take territory. It's to put our names on the map. It's to make sure that our enemies don't have the cojones to mess with us again. And that meaning, making language, was also backed with empathy as well. He said, soldiers, your emperor is among you. That's right. Napoleon said, I am with you. And Napoleon wasn't just with them. This wasn't just some letter that he wrote. Actually, you know what? It might have been a letter. But he, Napoleon, the emperor of the French, was with the Grande Armée as they fought in Germany. And leaders need to do that. Leaders need to be with the people they are leading. You can't sit on Mount Olympus and command your army. You can't come up with a PowerPoint presentation for class when you're on vacation in Hawaii. You got to be with the people. You got to be with the people. And Napoleon understood that. He was the emperor. He could have sent all his marshals and generals to handle the war himself whilst he's handling domestic politics back in Paris, but no, he made the conscious effort to go to Germany with his troops, lead them on, show them that he understands and that he knows that what they are doing is important and will fulfill the needs of France. And let's just see how well this pep talk worked. We're going to see how well this pep talk worked. Stay tuned, folks. Soldiers, I am pleased with you. On the day of Austerlitz, you have lived up to all my expectations of your bravery and boldness. You have decked your eagles with a glory that shall never die. In less than four hours, an army of 100,000 men, commanded by the emperors of Russia and Austria, have either been cut to pieces or dispersed. Those who escape with your steel drowned in the lakes. Forty standards, the standards of the Russian Imperial Guard, 120 cannon, 20 generals, more than 30,000 prisoners. These are the results of this day of eternal renown. This much vaunted infantry, and indeed greater in number, could not withstand your onset. From now on, you have no rivals, no one to fear. See how in two months this third coalition has been beaten and unstrung. Peace cannot be far off. But as I promised to my people before crossing the Rhine, I shall not agree to a peace unless it provides us with guarantees 
and ensures our allies are recompensed. Soldiers, when the French people placed the imperial crown on my head, I entrusted myself to you, so as that crown ever in that high state of glory, which alone could give it value for me. However, at the same time, our enemies sought to destroy and dishonor it, and wanted me to force that iron crown, won by the blood of so many Frenchmen, on the head of one of our cruelest enemies. These were indeed overweening and senseless schemes, which on the very anniversary day of the coronation of your emperor have nullified and confounded. You have taught them the lesson that it is easier to challenge and threaten us than to beat us. Soldiers, when everything required for the happiness and prosperity of our fatherland has been accomplished, I shall bring you back to France. There you will be the object of my tenderness, attentions. My people will welcome you back with delight, and all you will have to say is, I was at the Battle of Austerlitz. For them to reply, there goes a brave man. Those were the words Napoleon spoke after the Battle of Austerlitz. That was the Battle of December 2nd, 1805. It's the battle that effectively, for all intensive purposes, ended the War of the Third Coalition. It's the war and the battle that put the Grande Armée on the map. And Napoleon recognized that this was a consequential battle, and he recognized that he couldn't have done it without the Grande Armée and the hard work and sacrifices that they made. And so, what did he do? He said, I am pleased with you. That's right. And you know, too often, we don't take the time when we're leading operations, task force groups, to appreciate the work that people have done with us and for us. And more importantly, he reminded them that not only was he pleased with them, but he told them why he was pleased with them. He told them and reminded them of the accomplishments that the Grand Armée had at the Battle of Austerlitz. They took all sorts of standards, including the standards of the Russian Imperial Guard, which was one of the most vaunted and respected cavalry operations in world history. They took 30,000 prisoners. They took 120 cannons. They accomplished a lot on that day. And I'm not going to lie, Napoleon exaggerated a little bit, fudged a little bit of the numbers, but the fundamentals of that pep talk to the Grand Armée were correct. They won a great victory. And I think what makes this pep talk so important too is he also reminded them, going back to that meaning-making that we talked about makes a good pep talk, 
he reminded them of why the heck they had this battle. They reminded Napoleon. Napoleon reminded his Grand Armée that people wanted to steal the crown of France. People wanted to place a puppet on the French throne. People wanted to mess with the sovereignty of their nation. And honestly, you can argue as to the hypocrisy the French might have been employing because they were invading other nations. But that was the French perspective. And honestly, sometimes, this is going to come off as a bit of a controversial statement, sometimes a team needs an enemy to work at its best. There's there several things that motivate humans more than others. Fear, love, and hatred. And all three of those were the rationale for the War of the Third Coalition and the Battle of Austerlitz. Love of their country and emperor. Fear of foreign invasion and intervention. Hatred of the old, rigid European ways of thinking. And hatred for the Austrians and Russians. Those were the motivators that drove this Grand Armée to a resounding victory. And more importantly, I think, is Napoleon did something that I think all leaders ought to do when talking to their team about the direction they're going in. You always, I think, I'm of the school of thought, that you have the promise to take your team to the promised land. And when I say the promised land, I mean you have to tell them what the end goal is, where it is, and what it is going to be. And what did Napoleon say? And I quote, Peace cannot be far off. But as I promised to my people before crossing the Rhine, I shall not make peace unless it provides us with guarantees. He told them, I see, I see the peace coming. There is peace right around the corner. And it is going to be peace, peace that respects the sacrifices that you made, folks. So darn proud of you. You've done great, and that's why peace is not far off. And more importantly, at the end of that pep talk, he told them that this is what the promised land is going to look like. This is what it is going to look like when the mission is accomplished. You, the Grand Armée, will be the object of my tenderest attentions. My people will back you with delight. And all you have to say is I was at the Battle of Austerlitz for them to reply. There goes a brave man. And whenever you're talking about taking your team to the promised land, it does 
not always need to be when you walk through the halls of the school, people say, hey, there goes a genius. That was a beautiful PowerPoint. That was a great cheer presentation, a cheer show that we gave amongst that the, the football games and all that kind of stuff. You just have to tell them, what does the future look like? And the future's got to be bright in order to push your people to their ultimate greatness. That's my school thought. That's my belief. And so, let's summarize. Let's summarize all of this up. What made Napoleon such a great giver of pep talks to his Grande Armée, especially during the War of the Third Coalition? I think, in my humble opinion, it's because he himself understood what it was like to be doing what the soldiers of the Grand Armée were doing. I think, and I'm of the school of thought, that he truly empathized with the situation that his soldiers were in and wanted to live up to their hopes and their dreams. And leadership, folks, is not about self-service, but it's about lifting your team up for not just the betterment of themselves and you, but for the greater community, wherever that may be, whether it be your classroom, your entire school, your family, your workplace and company, etc., etc. And so the pep talk is an essential tool to understand in order to show effective leadership within group dynamics. If you can master the pep talk, whilst I don't think maybe you can control half of Europe at the zenith of your life, I'm sure that you will be able to do great things and people will say, there goes a brave man, or there goes a brave woman. Thanks, folks. Stay spicy, and we'll see you soon.